Hi and welcome to Hopeful Conversations. Today I have got the very inspiring Jason Shears with us. Um, and Jason is somebody who I came across only in the last couple of months. Um, just suddenly entered my awareness and I started listening to his podcast, which was um, really insightful. And I really was drawn to his story, um, which is around, there's a, a whole journey around addiction. And obviously I'm not going to say too much about that because I'll hand over to Jason to tell us what that is. But I, for many years in my 20s, worked with um, homeless people and worked with people with addictions. And something that I saw over and over again was that hopelessness that that these that these people that I worked with had just lost all hope that they had given up and so when I heard Jason's story I just thought it would be such an interesting one to to bring to you um, in the hopes that you will see that it isn't all hopeless it isn't all lost um, if you do find yourself with an addiction and that could be any kind of addiction um, but it's that that's not the end point and that there is hope and light, I guess. So I'm going to hand over to Jason. Um, if you want to just share a little bit about kind of, you know, where you were, what what, what happened that made you end up in the situation you were in, um, I think that would be a really great place to sort of start. Yeah. Um, but like, I will do, but I really, like when you said the word hopelessness, you know, I kind of like, I just love to say a little bit about that before I start, but, um, because it just really struck me, you know, I kind of thought about January and hopelessness, you know, and I, and I thought January was like the month of hope, you know, it was kind of like, it's like Christmas, it's all over now, because the holidays would always be a difficult time while, you know, trying to manage an addiction, I guess you would call it, you know, at the time, um, typically a time of a lot of depression and a lot of suffering and a lot of withdrawal and a lot of struggle and either that or being locked up or something crazy but um and January was always like right you know it's kind of like New Year's resolution time to change you know and there was that little spark and glimmer of hope you know at the start of the month where this could be it you know this could be the time it could be different you know but pretty much um every time within two days or maybe less you know it would be back into the despair and hopelessness you know of just thinking that whatever it is you know no matter how much I try and take my body in one direction my mind wants to go in another you know and that's like that was the um I guess that was the story you know that's the, that, that's that's that was the story you know for me there was that um I remember like physically trying to walk my body in one direction you know and my mind wanting to go in a different direction and it was a day that I was gonna commit a crime to get money for drugs you know and it was like I remember like I, was, I can actually remember the road it didn't exist anymore it's not there I got knocked down and got houses built on it I can remember the road where I was how old I was and I remember thinking I'm not going to do this you know I'm going to walk my body the other way and it was like and my body was going one way and my mind was going the other you know, and it was like, and it was like, eventually that this physical urge came over me so strong, you know, and this is so clear to me, and it must have been at least 30 years ago, you know, it's kind of like, but I remember this urge was came over my physical body so strong that I just had to follow it, you know, I had to turn around and go back to committing the crime that I didn't really want to commit. And it was like, 
that's kind of a lot of what it was like, you know, it was just like doing things against my will. I mean, it didn't start that way, but that's kind of where it ended up, you know, like just doing things against my will. Um, you know, going backwards from there, you know, it was like my dad was um, killed in an accident when I was young. And um, from there, you know, it was like, I was pretty much left to my own devices, you know, and, and as children, you know, we're, so super resilient and we're so able to find ways to cope with anything and just so often just quite often that those ways are not socially acceptable or as as good behaving children would be would do you know it's kind of like because we're just finding ways to cope we don't know the difference between right and wrong you know we don't we just find ways to get through it because that's what all children can do you know that's the innate resilience that's within us you know that's the capacity of any child to find a way to cope with anything you know any situation and um i never saw that as wisdom at the time you know and and to, unfortunately you know society psychology psychiatry you know have have labeled those things that children do you know which are just their innate resilience you know without guidance um as eating disorders um mental health conditions you know and, and a long list of things that that are then actually created into be something wrong with us you know so food was my friend you know like the escape of food you know like help me cope with my emotions help me cope with my aloneness with my feeling of just being lost in the world you know where'd my dad gone what had happened you know and and how come my mum didn't even speak to me about it you know she because she was coping with it in her way you know and i was coping with it in my way and her way was work and escapism and my way was food and escapism you know um so i'd learned i'd learned how to cope with this feeling that was going on inside of me this experience that I was having not consciously I didn't like go oh god I'm feeling bad I know I'm gonna eat food it was literally like just came in a way that food looked really appealing and interesting and I I would take eat as much of it as I could um you know it's a point where my weight ballooned you know and I gained weight a, a stone a year from when I was five until I was 25 you know when I was 25 I was 25 stone even right through my addiction I've gained weight because I used to take drugs and it wasn't enough. And after I took drugs, I used to shoplift food and chocolate and cakes and sweets. And I used to eat them all, you know, every, every single day. Um, so, yeah, so like the progression, you know, it was like from food to drugs. It wasn't much alcohol, really. It was just straight into drugs. I mean, just wrong people, wrong time, right people, right time. Who knows, you know, maybe the universe was conspiring to lead me to a to an awakening you know but um you know finding heroin at a young age you know was my was my story and then I'd already I mean between that time of finding food and and taking drugs you know I'd been completely off key you know it's kind of like I'd done some amazing things I'd got a, a full scholarship at a private school you know because I was so clever but I'd also been sent to psychiatric services and put on antidepressant medication at, at 10 years old, you know, because I was in such a, um, you know, an up and down all over the place state. And uh, I was committing crime, being brought home by the police, um, stealing from home, doing it. You know, I was really like out of control, outrageous, really. Um, 
so drugs were the solution you know they were the, you know now they look like you know the management of the symptom you know it's kind of like of a misunderstanding and that's kind of how i see it so the actual putting chemicals in my body was the solution to my busy mind you know at the time i had a busy mind i had a lot of thinking about myself I had a lot of thinking about the world i had a lot of thinking about where i thought i should be how i thought i should be who i thought i was you know like as in my physical body my physical size and um the things that i'd been doing the crazy things that i've been doing you know to escape and all the judgment and shame and all the psychiatric diagnoses that i'd had and conditions that i'd been told i had and all these things. So I carried all that around with me. So I had a lot of thinking about all these different things. Um, so drugs just took that away. You know, it's kind of like really that simple. You know, it was kind of like that having a busy mind, a lot of thinking about all those things. And for the first time I took heroin and it was like, it went away, it went quiet. You know, there was no thinking, there was no busy mind anymore. There was that, that, that ability that, that I have now, you know, to just sit and go, you know, it's not, it's not, that's not my reality. That's not my world. You know, it's kind of like, that's not what I need to respond to in life. But at that time, it looked like those were all things that, you know, like the, the overweightness, the, the shame, the guilt, the um, who I was, who I thought I was, what I thought I needed to do to be okay. All those looked like real life circumstances that I had to manage, you know? So like, for sure, taking drugs was a good way of escaping from that. You know, when it looks like that's true, it looks like I've got to lose 10 stone. It looks like I've got to deal with all the shame and guilt, all the theft, all the financial amends that I've done. I need to change myself to be much better. I need to get all these things at the ages of 14, 15 that I thought I had to do just to be okay. You know? Um, so yeah, why wouldn't I take drugs? You know, why, why, would, why wouldn't I escape that? Like that's wisdom in action there, isn't it? It's like, yeah. you know, you can, you can say whatever you want to about addictions, but it still points to the same thing, that it's a way of, of coping. It's, it, it's wisdom. It's, it's the exactly. thing to do in that moment that makes sense. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's like, it's, it's just, as you said, wisdom in action, it's kind of like we find as, as adults, young adults, as adults, we find a way of coping with something, you know, and it's kind of like that, you know, some people just find that way of coping, you know, I just found that way of coping it, you know, I'd gone from food um, to stealing to crime to drugs, you know, it just progressed in that way. Um, Yeah, I mean, it was destructive, you know, it was destructive. It was just completely destructive of, of all relationships. It was destructive of um, my own life, of myself, you know, of my own physical body, of my own mental health. You know, it was destructive in every way, you know, what I did for those years, um, committing crime, going to jail, uh, taking drugs, getting out, committing crime, taking drugs, going to jail, you know, in an endless loop. Um, you know, and I was, I was sick of it, you know, um, for a long time, you know, I was sick of what I was doing, but I just didn't know how to, didn't know how to change that. I didn't know how to escape that. I didn't know how to, um, you know, I, I ended up going to rehab because it looked like, because 
I mean, it's interesting because it's like that was just what people did. You know, if you had a drug problem, you went to rehab. You know, it was kind of 12 steps of AA was big enough in the UK, but of Narcotics Anonymous, you know, like for people with drug problems, it wasn't that big at the time. You know, it was new in the Northwest. This was in the 90s. And um, so I went to rehab and I was introduced to 12 step meetings. And I, you know, naively, because I didn't know, because in rehab, nobody, nobody, taught me who I really was. Nobody taught me about my thinking and how it created the world that I lived in. Nobody taught me that, you know, that the story of my dad, like keeping, that it was me keeping that alive, that it was me keeping that pain and suffering. And it was me creating that, you know, that which I was escaping from, you know? So what they told me was, was that, you know, I had this uh, childhood trauma and mental health diagnosis and that I was an addict and that I would be an addict for the rest of my life. And, uh, naively I believed all those things you know I, I kind of thought okay well these guys are the experts and it must be true you know I must have this thing called the disease of addiction and I must be broken and damaged and um, it makes sense because of all the things that I'd done you know it's kind of like and the, the stuff that they gave me the writing the printouts the books to read kind of fit fitted my behavior you know but I um, I was never pointed beyond that you know I've never pointed what's beyond our psychology what's um what's true for everyone you know where's the mental health that that I was born with because innocently you know they didn't know that the people who were there to help me didn't know you know they, they, they knew to the level that they knew in the same way that I knew to the level I knew when I was when I was not pointed in that direction um so yeah I I, I that was an, a, a new belief. It was a, it was what I call a better lie than the one I had. You know, it was a better lie about, um, because it enabled me to change my, you know, it enabled me not to kill myself basically, because that's the path that I was on, you know, the path of destruction. And um, so I went to meetings, you know, I was a good 12 step recovering addict. You know, I said, I'm an addict every, day and I adopted the belief and um, I thought the limitations of my happiness and life were all about the way that I worked the 12-step program you know and if I could just get it right you know if I could just get it right then I would be happy you know so I was still a seeking I still had that sense of emptiness inside that sense of seeking and um, and I did that for, for so long I did that for two decades you know wow. and, and, and never ever found what I was looking for you know never found that um after about eight oh I don't know actually after about 10 years maybe of that you know I started I found therapy you know I kind of thought well the 12 steps are not really working and I was always in that question is it me is it is it, is it 12 steps doesn't work or is it me you know so I need so I knew you know I knew there was something more than that you know I guess when I when I talk about that today I talk about it from a place of like that seeking is our is our knowing that there is home you know home is there home is available to us you know there is a place called home there is a place where we can feel like we've made it we've found it we've got what we were looking for that is available and it's within all of us you know, yeah, my seat, I just didn't know that at the time. So I was looking outside of myself unknowingly and all, no one ever guided me back inside of myself. Um, but you still knew, like you, you'd say then, yeah. you, even through that time, 
you knew that there was something else like there was the 12 steps that kind of did a certain amount but it was still there was a knowing beyond that that there was something else yeah for sure deeper knowing deeper guidance of of, of home being available you know and and um i remember in so they used to be critical of seeking oh you need to stop seeking you know this is it you know this is what this is what you've been looking for you need to stop you know and it was like uh seeking was seen as a bad thing you know that or or it was seen as your addict as if that was a separate persona you know a part of you that was kind of like um broken or un, un, undescribable you know but um so yeah I found therapy you know and I ended up training as a therapist you know I spent many years in that and I went through um I mean, there's so much to my life, so many things that happened, but like I, I'd um, always been told, you know, that all the stuff that I'd run away from, the death of my dad, all the things that I'd struggle with, um, all my eating, the, the, the loss of my mum somewhat, you know, because she was there physically, but she like, there was, there was a real disconnection of emotional uh, relationship. But like, I had to deal with all those things. That's what I was told when I went to therapy, you know, and it was kind of like, and I spent all these years as a therapist and training, you know, in so many different modalities of therapy, you know, I've got a long list of um, psychological credentials, you know, and, and, um, and it was painful, you know, I went through depression, I went through, I started to get anxiety, I mean, I couldn't get on a plane without uh, Valium, without diazepam, when I was in the middle of my, uh, in my master's training as a therapist, you know, it's kind of like I, and I'd never been anxious. I'd never needed any medication for anxiety in my life, but it just happened midway through that. And, you know, it just kind of makes sense now that digging into all that stuff on a consistent basis, week after week, trying to fix the past, looking at my relationship with my dad, what happened, how I felt, how I felt afterwards, all the things I did in childhood to escape through the lens of there being something wrong with me. You know, that's kind of what I was doing. You know, that's what I was doing every week. And I, I was encouraged to feel the feelings of loss and sadness and so on. And it's like, and what I noticed was that my my own mental health deteriorated. You know, it just kind of, I was, I was so depressed. I didn't want to get out of bed. I was so anxious. I couldn't get on a plane. I had to take medication. You know, it was such a dark time for me during that, that four years that that training was. Um, and it came to the end, I guess, you know, and it was like, you know, we was all like at the end of this training, the, the people that made it, because not surprisingly, many people dropped yeah. out. Maybe maybe that was their wisdom, you know, because it was very experiential. <laughs> yeah. And um, and it was like, right, you're ready to go and open a practice now. And I thought, you know, how can I, that's already been practicing. I've been working with people with addictions for years and years, you know, ever since the start, I started like, may have been just helping one person, you know, but like that developed over time. But like I thought to myself, well, how can I point anyone else to happiness? You know, how can I? It's kind of like I feel fraudulent because my own addiction had that had gone in multiple ways from there. I stopped taking drugs and alcohol, but it become money, relationships, the gym, weight loss, porn, you know, anything. The list of things was endless. And it was like, and I thought. You know, I, I just thought I can't point anyone else to their what I didn't think about it in this in these terms, but like I can't point anyone else to their well-being. I can't point anyone else to where their peace of mind comes from. There was something inside me that still knew that there was something beyond that, you know. 
Um, so that seeking, it was still there, you know, and, and from there, I got into the world of personal development. I did all of Tony Robbins stuff. I walked on hot coals. I went to America doing his 18 hour day seminars. Um, I did the Hoffman process, which was like an intense cathartic um, release type thing over eight days. Um, you know, I, I trained in NLP, I trained in CBT and different things. I did like an endless list of things trying to find this place of um, peace or comfort or happiness or joy that I, that I thought, you know, it, it all looked like it was on the outside of me, you know, I could get the right money, get the right clients, get the right business, change myself enough, um, you know, then I'd be okay. Yeah. You know, so I was searching and all those Very things. Familiar. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was, it was funny, you know, about, um, I told Michael this story, but like, um, I was, after I did Tony Robbins, I would join this uh, personal development group. And that, I mean, it was quite funny that Tony Robbins things, because everyone's high-fiving each other, you know, saying how they're going to do wonderful things every day. And they've got these morning routines, you know, getting all charged up for the day and stuff like that. And uh, I joined this WhatsApp group with, um, one of those type of groups where there was about 100 people all doing this and every morning there'd be hundreds of messages you know about all this you know people recording themselves screaming and doing all sorts of stuff <laughs> and jumping up and down and bouncing and singing you know every day at 5 a.m I was crazy but like I'd um my job was because I worked in IT because I'd built a career in IT alongside all this was to um pirate some content someone had given me a login for a website and um and one of the things on there was michael neal the path of effortless change and i because i really wanted to had this desperate desire to belong to fit in you know it was like that um i thought i've got to get this video somehow and share it with all these people because they'll be you know they'll like me then you know and um so i couldn't i couldn't find a way to get it you know so i thought well, i'm gonna screen record it and watch it you know it's the only way i can do it so I ended up screen recording this video of Michael Neal, The Path of Effortless Change. And like well, every time I was working here, like on my desk now, and I had my little laptop record screen recording this video and it was playing all day long. So it was like an eight hour course right. or something. And I just kept finding myself mesmerized by it and watching it. You know, and I get, I get quite touched by that, you know, because I just think, you know, how, how did that happen? You know, how did that coincidence happen that, that I got to something inside of me, you know, kind of knew there was something there. You know, there was something, something really important for me to hear, you know, in, in those words. And I didn't know what it was, you know, and that's always been the case where my my intellect catches up way later than that part in me, that, that place in me that knows the truth, you know, when it hears it. And and it wasn't for a while after that, but I was got again, you know, another another nudge, you know, from the direction of the universe, you know, was that I was going to LA, I'd gone off in my personal development world, I'd thought nothing more of the video, you know, I'd kind of thought about it now and again, but I was going to LA 
to do a different coaching program. And I kind of, for some reason, Michael Neal came into my head and I thought that guy, Michael Neal, he lives in LA, doesn't he? So let's see what, let's see what he's up to. And I looked and he had this intensive on um, two days after the course that I was doing ended. You know, I thought, wow, you know, it's kind of like, how, how is that happening on that same day? You know, and it was like, so I ended up there, you know, I thought I've got to go, you know, now I've got to go. And um, yeah, I guess I arrived there, you know, like with my years of intellectual knowledge of therapy, training, long list of credentials, thinking I knew everything about change, you know, thinking that it took a long time, thinking that we were all broken and that, um, you know, we needed to, you know, like the therapy training that I had, you know, that was kind of where, where, where my head was at with change. And um, I didn't know how to listen as I know now, you know, I kind of thought I knew how to listen. And I turned up like a good student with my notebook and pen and, um, you know, ready to get all this, you know, because it cost me quite a lot of money, you know, yeah. it's kind of like ready to get all this information that I needed, you know, to in order to fix myself. And um and at the start of that, you know, I remember, you know, this is an invitation that I give to my own clients, but it's kind of like, it's really about how to hear something different. And Michael gave that to me when I was first there and he spotted it, you know, and he said to me, can you just listen without trying to work out if this is right or wrong, without trying to see if this fits into something, you know, without trying to see if this is going to help you change, you know, and for me as well, without trying to see if you're getting your money's worth, you know, it's kind of like, oh, because all those things were there, you know, that's why I was ready and armed, you know, and, and and for whatever reason in that moment, I was kind of like, I put the book down, you know, and I said, okay, you know, I'm just going to see if, see if there's something different to hear, you know, because I guess I'd realized, you know, in that split moment that whatever I'd done so far hadn't given me what I wanted, you know, Um there wasn't time to think. I didn't sort of sit and weigh that up to see if it was a good idea or anything. It just happened in, in that moment, you know? Um, so yeah, in my mind, before I'd got there, I was kind of spinning the, I call it spinning plates, you know? Relationship plate, the weight loss plate, the financial plate, you know? And that's what my life was like, you know? It was stressful. Um, I struggled with relationships, struggled with my weight. I struggled with, um, money clients business you know all those things and it was like and i remember at the end three days i mean i say three days it was probably more like about eight hours over three days it wasn't a long time you know because that was one of my bugbears was that oh i'm paying a lot of money for this and we're getting long breaks and we're having <laughs> three breaks as well as this thing and we're only here from ten. that means we're only here three days three hours you know a day i was thinking how can you learn anything in three hours i'd been at tony robbins where it was 18 hour days you know it's kind of like so it was an extreme difference. And I remember at the end of those three days, I'd um, hired this Airbnb, you know, and it had this beautiful view out the back with a kind of rope swing, you know, like one of those little wide bench swings, you know, that you get in the garden. It was like I was sat on one of those and I was just looking out over this green valley in LA in Woodland Hills. And I was kind of feeling such a sense of peace. And I just thought, I don't know what's changed. You know, I don't know what's changed. It was like, I just thought, I feel so peaceful. Like nothing, nothing seems to matter. 
all the things that I thought were important, all the, um, you know, I was going through it and I was thinking, well, I haven't got more money in the bank, haven't got a new relationship, certainly haven't lost weight, you know, over these three days. And it's kind of like, but it all seems not to, just not to be important, you know? And, you know, over time that's caught up with me, you know, made, made, made more sense, you know, but that felt experience of, of my world as I thought it was collapsing, you know, that was just made of thought, you know, everything that I thought was a problem, everything that I thought was something to manage, everything that, you know, that, that I explain it like with clients, you know, it's like that I've got this idea of who I think I am and I've got this idea of where I think I need to be, you know, and all my suffering is here, you know, in between, you know, and it's kind of like, and, and what happened was the gap just closed, you know, like that. And then I've got this like idea of where I think I need to be in the world, what I need to have outside of me and, and this imaginary idea of what I think I've got, you know, and that gap just closed too, because I just kind of thought life is now, you know, life is here in the present moment, you know, life is always happening now. And, and I'm somewhere else, I'm in the past, the future, maybe if I can get this, if I can close this gap, you know, it's kind of like, then I'm going to have some sense of peace, some sense of joy. And, you know, I had that realization that all those things that I ever wanted, all that joy, contentment, peace of mind, security, you know, security was a big one because we talked about this imaginary number in the bank that created security, you know, and it was like, and the realization that I'd spent my whole life financially insecure with money in the bank and thinking that if I got more, I would be okay. But realizing that I'd always been okay. You know, I'd always felt financially insecure. I'd always ne thought I needed more money. I'd never got the more money and I'd always been okay anyway, you know? So it was kind of like that. I was thinking, oh, there's something not right about that. You know, it's kind of like, just doesn't even make like to the intellectual logical mind. It doesn't even make sense. You know, there's something to question to see in that. Um, you know, I had all started to have all these insights, you know, about different areas of my life. And, and, um, and I started waking up joyful, you know, and feeling peaceful and feeling like, and then, you know, I, I knew in that, those three days, I knew two things. I knew that this was the thing that I was looking for, you know, and it was myself, you know, that was the, that was the finding and that there was nothing else, you know, that the search was over. I knew that. I also knew that I couldn't practice psychotherapy anymore. You know, I knew that after 50,000 pounds and 10 years of training in different modalities of psychological and a long list of certificates, I knew that it was all redundant. You know, I, I knew, and I didn't know what I would do. I didn't know how it would work. I didn't know how I would help people, but I knew, you know, and I, and, and from then, you know, to now, which is a few years, um, you know, it's been a mind blowing, um, you know, life evolving, opening, you know, of, of love and connection and um, free freedom, you know, just like all my addictions, my food, um, relationship with food and eating disorders and so on changed a few months after that, you know, to the point where it's been stable ever since, you know, I don't really think about it. And it's like, it just, it just literally, evaporated um and 
know, my relationship with my kids, you know, is is so present, you know, so so willing, so vulnerable, so so just and so happy about it, you know, about the way things are. And and my work with people, you know, my work with people is I don't have to tell people that that's a bad one you know you're gonna to have to spend years in therapy you know to, to fix that you know I, I i noticed that within a few sessions with people they get this feeling and understanding of truth of who they are you know and that how their reality is created in their mind and like they start to see things differently as i did you know and and um have some beautiful beautiful connections and relationships with people and it's all, it's all I ever wanted, you know, it's all I ever looked for, it's all I ever searched for. It's, you know, because, you know, the truth of it is, is that like all those years that I was looking was that everything I ever wanted was already there. And I just didn't see that at the time. I was blinded, you know, by, and I guess it was somewhat perpetuated innocently, you know, like by well-meaning people that tried to point me in the direction of well-being, being outside of myself, in practices, in theories, in frameworks, in um, sharing, in whatever it was that they pointed me to, you know, that um, they thought was where well-being was, you know, they were just trying to help me from my own suffering, you know, but they just didn't know where to look, you know, as the same way that as I did as a therapist, when I, when I talk to people about their relationship with their parents and thought that there was some answer in the past, you know, and, and I innocently did that too, you know, for people. Um, so, you know, what's cool about that, I guess, is that, you know, that experience, those experiences that I had in that and those trainings as a, as a therapist were, were not wasted, you know, because they really gave me that insight of being, seeing, the process of change from a psychological point of view within myself and within my clients and what happens now, you know, it's kind of like, which is night and day difference. It also has given those credentials have opened so many doors in my world of addiction, you know, working with addictions and stuff like where people pay attention just because I've got those credentials. Now I think that's just utter bullshit. You know, it's kind of like, it's just, it's, it's laughable the fact of of like how it works, you know, in the system, in the, in the kind of like the way that people listen. But um, you know, I some think bow to the knowledge of the universe that seemed to know better than me, you know, that that sent me on that path and and kind of gave me that um, those credentials that do open doors and sort of allow me to create content and put my stuff out there and for people to to listen, you know. Um, so yeah, and life now is kind of, um, it's magical, you know, it's kind of like, you know, another thing, I guess that, that a big thing, well, two big things, I think, one, one is the unknown, and I guess it's a good little subject because of the pandemic, you know, currently and things like that, you know, it's kind of like the big realization was that all of life is unknown, you know, it's always unknown. And we think that the known, you know, I thought, you know, and, and a lot of people do seem to think, you know, it's a common misunderstanding that known is about circumstantial surroundings, you know, like um, could be even relationships, you know, and it could be 
work and it could be things that are around us physical things that we own you know and stuff like that and and we get sort of somewhat you know we get caught in the illusion of this comfort you know this comfort that we've built around us with all these things and that if we keep doing this same thing if i keep you know some people get fearful of leaving jobs and leaving relationships and so on you know it's like if we keep doing the same thing if i keep um going to this job if i stay in this relationship even though i'm unhappy you know if i do all these things then i've got certainty you know and if i've got certainty at least i know what i'm getting you know it's kind of like and that keeps us in some false sense of like okay you know i can i can cope with that you know it's Maybe kind of like bad, which is yeah. the interesting thing isn't it? it can be all of that can be really bad but it's safe because you know yeah it's safe yeah like we'll put up with safety because safety seems that's the, that's the thing safety seems to come from that and it's kind of like and it's like what well, safety is more important you know than than any of the other things so it's like we stay in that you know and what we what the pandemic brought was the realization of that well we can cope with anything you know it's kind of like that if you would have asked done a survey on the whole world you know like right if the world shuts down tomorrow you know and everyone gets locked in who's gonna who, who's gonna cope how will your businesses go all those things everyone would have like gone disastrous you know i couldn't cope and i could never do that yet everyone did not everyone did you know everyone found ways of you know to tap into that infinite creativity into that infinite potential that's inside of us into that sense of well-being that's there regardless of how the external circumstances is and and the gift is that we got to see that certainty and comes from inside of us from our ability to respond to anything that happens on the outside you know not from the actual outside circumstances you know and 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 I hope I don't know how many people got that gift, you know, but I'm sure many people can reflect on their experience and see how something beyond what they thought they knew showed up for them and they found ways of creating, of being, of surviving, of thriving, you know, in in a world of unknown circumstances and realize that certainty doesn't come from what's outside of you or what you've got it comes from that place inside of you that just knows how to respond no matter what's happening um so addiction going back you know we started at addiction but we ended up you know here and it's kind of like um didn't seem like a good idea anymore you know it's kind of like that's that's the freedom you know that in in my work now is that people don't have to take on the label of addict and they don't have to um, admit that they're broken and go to meetings and do practices in order to be okay. They just know that they are, you know, the same way that I know that I am and, and doing anything to fix my experience doesn't seem like, doesn't seem like a good idea anymore. It just literally doesn't feel like something I would want to do, you know? Um, and the last thing, you know, creativity, you know, is kind of like that, or maybe not the last thing, but, but like something that springs to mind is that, um, you know, the infinite creativity is that like what came out of all that stuff when I when I was stuck, you know, when I thought I was stuck and I spent my life living in my thoughts, you know, I spent my whole waking day caught up in my thinking about the life that I thought I lived, you know, that there's no room for creativity in there. There's no room for expansion. There's no room for um, seeing wisdom coming into your day all day every day seeing opportunity coming into your day all day every day seeing everything that's put in front of you as potential as something new as an opportunity to explore as interesting 
so and it's like so I went from these days where it was kind of like oh god here we go you know another day I've got to get up got to go to work you know to this these days of going waking up going well I have absolutely no clue what's going to happen today and no clue who I'm going to meet and no clue what conversation I'm going to have how exciting is that you know it's kind of like how exciting is it that I get to live every day not knowing and also that it can only be good you know it's kind of like only cool things can happen you know only only new adventures can happen only exciting stuff can happen and um and following that you know because then the, when you're like that you know when you're open to life you know when you're creating that life of, of joy of contentment opportunities are coming all the time it's kind of like new people new conversations that are taking you off on paths and and finding new connections finding new opportunities all the time and it's kind of like oh that's like a magical adventure versus a versus a you know a dark waking up to a dark cloud you know it's night and day difference you know absolutely and I think what was interesting there like you know there might be people saying yeah but I wake up and this really awful thing's happened or that you know something and it's it's not like the end of any trouble in life but it's, I guess, it's seeing that, like you were saying before, that the only problem is that which is created in your mind about that thing. It's the judgment about what it is that's showing up in life. Like, I think your story shows so beautifully that, you know, when we struggle with what is, like what was happening for you, it seems like for so much of your life, it was a struggle against what was presenting itself to you day by day. And that over the last few years, that struggle's fallen away as you've seen that it's life. It's, you, you've kind of embraced it as just what's happening in this moment now. And that's not something that's going to continue to happen. The moment's going to change every moment. Yeah. It's like the when you said it, it came to mind. It's like we live in the the little picture versus the big picture you know it's kind of like we get caught up in the things of the moment versus seeing what that opportunity I mean that's like what I've seen lately you know what I've been seeing fresh more lately is like that is the gift in everything everything you know and it's kind of like that that thing that we wake up to that is a circumstantial um challenge to be resolved in the moment you know it's kind of like it, it it's an opportunity to see our own create creativity. It could be an opportunity for anything, you know, all these things happen, you know, things that, and by this, I mean, like, and when people say, oh my God, I've lost my job, I'm like, amazing. You know, it's kind of like, what could come next? You know, it's kind of like, because we've just built it, we're conditioned, you know, like to see, to keep these circumstantial things around us, you know, to, 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 Get our sense of okayness from or to make sure that life is working and it's kind of like you know okay yeah you don't say great if somebody's suffered a tragedy or a loss or a struggle you know it's kind of like you know there's no there's no um discounting that human to human connection in those circumstances but like when when things like losing jobs and um you know like financial disasters happen you know things like problems and stuff like that it's kind of what else is there to see in that you know like what can i learn from this who knows what opportunity is? Who knows that losing one job isn't opening the door to a conversation with someone that wants someone that's the job of a lifetime, you know? It's kind of like, but we just can't see that when we're caught up in our feelings about things that are happening in the moment, you know? 
wow like what a what a journey just an incredible yeah an incredible story to share yeah and i guess like to finish like for that person who is struggling in their addiction you know in that place that you know so well and i mean i don't know through addiction but i know that struggle of being just caught in that heavy burden of of believing every thought yeah what would you say to that to that person <laughs> there's no definitely no one answer you know i know that much and it's kind of like um I've had so many wonderful conversations with people in that place, you know, and they can go in so many different directions for people to see, you know, and it's that, you know, seeking, you know, seeking something, you know, seeking outside of yourself, you know, whether it be in substances, whether it be in spiritual awareness, whether it be in awakening or personal development, you know, is really, is really coming from one place and that is our knowing of home you know our knowing of that there is a home you know and that seeking will never end it cannot be satisfied it's insatiable you know in anything it's insatiable in relationships in money in food in drugs and chemicals in oblivion in spirituality and everything you know it's only satisfied by our returning to the truth of who we are in our, in our resting in our knowing you know of who we are in that being present in the moment and you know while that is a piece of intellectual advice and kind of useless to anyone who's in it you know it's like that's the place to look you know it's like that it's not in the I guess as a, as a as an active addict I was very clever you know I was very intellectually clever and the intellect is what kept me searching for so long, you know, because I thought I knew, you know, and it's like really about for me, um, surrendering to the idea that I thought I knew, you know, was was the answer, you know, like actually saying, well, perhaps what I know, you know, is perhaps there's something beyond what I know, and it, and I guess it would come down to this, you know, that you don't know what you don't know, and that kind of sounds cool and it's a great spiritual quote and it's kind of throwaway to many people but like when you really really think about you don't know what you don't know i mean like any amount of what any profound words you know of, of what is available to you would be a limitation you know any anything I could come up with would be a limitation because I don't know what's available for you. You know, I, I don't know what's available for anyone. I don't know what's available for me either, you know, yeah. and it's kind of like, and if, if you live life as if you don't know what you don't know, you know, that opens the doors to everything that opens the doors to potential. It opens the door to waking up with curiosity about what's going to happen. You know, it's like that it's so different to, being in that place of intellectual knowing and defending and and searching and so on you know and stuff like that and i think that kind of not knowing what we don't know and and really sort of just reflecting on that what that could mean you know is can open so many doors you know 
Yeah, I love that. The not the unknown used to be for me a very scary kind of concept of, you know, I needed to know everything. I needed to know the answer because that's kind of what society tells us, isn't it? From a young age, we go to school and we have to learn to know stuff. But one of the biggest things that I've seen for sure is is the value in stepping back and just admitting that I don't know. I don't know any of it. I don't know anything for sure. And in that space, as you say, then you're open, then you're available to see something different, to access that creativity, that resilience, that next step. Yeah, and feeling the love of the world, you know, that's that's there all the time. You're feeling the love of the people that are around, being open to loving connections to to um you know, you, you're just open then. I mean, that's the difference, isn't it? You're just open to anything. And it's kind of like, and, and the expansion, you know, like your vision is like that, you know, versus kind of like this, you know, which is when, when you're closed, you know, this here's the some accumulation of knowledge that I've acquired over the amount of years that I've been together and the study that I've done, you know, it's kind of like, yet yeah, there's so much more than that, you know, the vastness of, of, infinity you know of infinite something that's undescribable you know any words can't just put a limitation to it and um you know this is where words kind of run out of use you know because like i i really can't put words to um to this that make it sound as great as it is you know it's kind of like i can just say it as i see it but um when i when i started to see life that way you know that's when things just got so so different you know And I think that's probably an amazing place to stop. That we're coming up to an hour of chatting. And I really appreciate the time that you've set aside to share your journey. Yeah. Is no there worries. is there a way that people can find out more about you, connect with you, work with you? Can you just let people know how they might be able to do that? Um, yeah, I mean, if people want to hear more and don't really want to speak to me, then they can listen to the podcast, misunderstandingsofthemind.com. There's a lot of conversations of this type on there um, of all sorts of different subjects. And um, my website, why is, that's connected to my website as well, but wideworldcoaching.com. Um, you know, if, if you want to get in touch with me, there's ways to get in touch with me on there. There's a phone number and email address. Brilliant. Well, thank you so very much. And um, I wish you a happy new year and no doubt our paths will, will cross at some point in the future. Yeah. One more thing I'll add, actually, my, my new addiction treatment program is called infinite recovery, infinite recovery.co.uk. And that will be launching this year, which is a um, 28 day immersive process for anyone who's struggling with addiction, you know, to get this understanding and, um, I'm going to be running those every month, probably starting in the next couple of months, um, which is a three principles based um, addiction program, um, which I'm really excited you know, about. Yeah. And it's for, for any any addiction that doesn't require medical intervention. Obviously, if you require medical intervention, you need to seek medical help. But for any any process addiction or any addiction that's um, intermittent or people struggle with. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. I shall keep my eyes peeled for that yeah. and uh, let people know when it, you know, if you let me know when it's live, then I can obviously tell. tell people yeah. about it as well. All right. Brilliant. Well, thank cool. you so much, Jason. Thank you. Thank you. Take I love care. It. All right. Take care.
Bye.